Welcome to the We Invested Podcast, where we teach you how to save and make more cash. I'm your host, Wesley Earp, and this is Season 4, Episode 48. And on this episode, we sit down with Jim Pakoulis, the Director, CEO, and Chairman of Boosh Food. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's do it. Today on the We Invested Podcast, we have Jim Pakoulis. And he is the director, CEO, and chairman of Boosh Plant-Based Brands. Jim, how are you doing today? Great, Wesley. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us. And before we get started, before we dive into the business aspect, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, where you grew up and where you're from. Absolutely. Uh, formative years, upstate New York uh, and uh, up in, up near Rochester, Syracuse area. Awesome. Awesome. And so, you know, how was how were things for you up in New York? You know, how did growing up in New York impact your outlook on life and success? Uh, boy, uh, constantly working, you know, as, as early as I can remember, I was working, uh, you know, whether there was the throwing the newspapers at, uh, you know, in, in, in sixth grade or seventh grade on those cold, very, very cold, <laughs> snowy winter days. So I, where I grew up was just across the lake uh, from from uh, Lake Ontario and the other side is Canada. So uh, when I say cold, I mean 10, 20, 30 below with uh, with uh, feet of snow, many feet of snow. Uh, but yeah, you know, you just you grow up, you work hard. And I've been I, you know, wore summer jobs is constantly working. So it was just work, work, work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's incredible. And so, you know, what we're here to talk about today and learn a little bit more about is Boosh Foods. So if you could, you know, just tell us what is Boosh Foods and what does the company do? Absolutely. Boosh Food is a non-GMO, gluten-free, heat-and-eat, family-oriented entree. Uh, We have six frozen meals, all of them fantastic. We just rolled out about uh, in the late summer of last year, three refrigerated meals, sloppy joe chili and mushroom gravy. And then last fall, we introduced two shelf stable mac and cheeses. So we have this beautiful portfolio of foods for consumers who not necessarily want to go completely vegan, but are more flexitarians that, that still want to have their meat, but they want to complement that with really high quality plant-based foods. And we try to do the least amount of processing as possible in our foods. So that in a, in a nutshell is what Boosh Food does. And so, you know, how did you get started in this industry? So my background is um, agnostic in regards to industries. What what I do is I like to look at what I think over the next five to 10 years is going to be in as far as growth industries. So the group I work with, we analyzed a lot of different sectors a couple of years ago, realized that the the plant-based industry, in our opinion, was going to go through significant transformation, very disruptive, and decided to go into that sector. We looked at 30, 40 different companies uh, came across. We have a very high metrics, very high bar to meet as far as whom we want to go ahead and engage with. Came across Boosh, uh, met our expectations, uh, began working with them, and then took them public in May of 2021. That's incredible. And that's something that we'll get into a little bit more later. Sure. But, you know, one thing I wanted to mention is that plant-based is becoming a really big part of the food industry. So what would you say are some of the driving forces behind it? And how much more growth do you expect? I'm going to answer the latter first. I think we are, if you, if you put it to a baseball game, I don't even think the first inning started. 
I think people are still parking the cars and, and, and the national anthem is just starting right now. And the game is about to begin. That's how early stage, embryonic stage, I believe that the plant-based sector is in. I think it's going to be completely transformative. Uh, as far as the catalysts that have gotten us to this point, I think it's actually, uh, Wesley, I think it's your generation, the young generation, the millennials, the Gen X, the Gen Ys, the Gen Zs. These are the individuals that care about three critical things that my generation didn't necessarily concentrate on. Number one, what goes into their body? You want, you want less processed, higher quality foods. Number two, care about the animal kingdom. How can we decrease the amount of, uh, of compromising animals around the world? And then number three, planet Earth. We have very limited resources on planet Earth. Population is increasing, uh, but our, our resources are not increasing. So how do we go ahead and in the long run provide adequately for food and, and resources and water for our population? And I think the plant-based sector is the perfect sector to be the catalyst to help out as, as we continue and grow. That's incredible. So, you know, you're also a part of the founding group of Bush Food. You know, so how was the company actually taken public? Sure. Well, let me just for clarity purposes, I was not a founder of Boosh. Let's talk about the actual founder because this is a great story. Connie Marples is a founder of Boosh Food. A little bit of her background. Very successful uh, restauranteur. Uh, back in two, early 2000s, she created one of the first wine bars in, in greater Vancouver. Uh, it actually was so successful, it became on the short list of the best restaurants in the world by Conte Nast. Very coveted position. Uh, fast forward and she is celiac by nature, so it's very sensitive. She's very sensitive to what she can eat. 217, 218, a lot of her friends were reaching out to her, asking her, hey, can you get us some plant-based recipes? She thought, you know what? I'm going to take it one step further. I'm going to actually start creating some plant-based recipes. And oh, by the way, I'm going to go ahead and create my own Bushmobile and try to go ahead with a co-packer manufacturing it tried to sell these to natural food stores, organic food stores in the greater Vancouver area. And she got tremendous reception from that. And that's the origin of, of Boosh plant-based brands. It was Connie Marple, her idea, her concept, her push through and her execution. Awesome. Awesome. And then you also mentioned that you guys were, you know, you, you were able to take the company public in May, I believe. So can you talk a little bit about that process and, and how it went? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so as your, your, your listeners and viewers will know, there's two different types of companies. There's the privately held company, uh, and then there are publicly traded companies. In the publicly traded realm, there are all different sizes. You can go from a Wells Fargo, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in a Google and an Apple. And at the far end of the other spectrum are what's called emerging small cap companies, companies with almost just a business idea that in Canada, you can still take public. And that's the area I specialize in. So we went public on the Canadian Securities Exchange, the CSE, and our ticker is VEGI, ticker VEGI. We also now trade on the OTC QB, which is here in the United States, ticker VGGIF. We also trade over in Frankfurt under um, 77 little i. But getting back to the public process, uh, there are many companies that do go public in the arena that I go in. We differentiate our, ourselves, Wesley, from a couple of really critical points. We 
do everything we can to always try to protect the investors and the shareholders. That's our goal. Always trying to always protect the shareholders and investors. What do I mean? We want to be as non-dilutive as possible with your shares. Think of a piece of pie. You, you don't want to. You don't want a piece of pie that has thirty different slices. You want it with five or six different slices, right? And so that's the same thing with a publicly traded company in a very simplistic version. You you don't necessarily want to go public with fifty or hundred or hundred and fifty million shares outstanding. It's very dilutive. Each share is worth less. We go to the other end of the spectrum. When we went public, we only had 17 million shares outstanding. So that's very good for the shareholders. It's called being non-dilutive. Number two, you also want insiders to have a, 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 a big piece of your company. And why do you want that? Because these are the folks like the founders. You want them to have, be, have an inherent interest in the success and have shares in the company and continue and work for the company, which is what Connie continually does. So that's another big thing. The third thing when you go public in my world, a lot of other companies will only have a few hundred shareholders when they go public. We went public. We raised only uh, $2.8 million Canadian, but we had over 1,100 shareholders. We had 10 million of, of verbal orders on the books, but we didn't want to dilute the company at the early stage on a 50 cent IPO on the assumption that the, the price would over time with, with fundamental successes would appreciate. So we still had 1,100 shareholders. We believe in being non-dilutive with a large shareholder Base, uh, and growing the company based on fundamentals and our successes. So, you know, what is the corporate strategy? Corporate strategy. There's five different revenue streams we've created with Boosh. Number one is organic growth. In 2021, we went from 100 stores to uh, over 600 stores throughout Canada. Number two, expanding into the United States. We are now through, because we created a beautiful infrastructure and operations through Connie up in Greater Vancouver, which is where our headquarters are, we're now able to go ahead and start to expand into the United States. Number three, e-commerce. Very important getting involved in e-commerce, as you know. Number four, having e-commerce actually be part of bushfood.com, which is our home website to try to be as frictionless as possible. And number five, this is my specialty, is acquisitions. In 2021, we did three small acquisitions with Boosh. The biggest acquisition we did, we just closed last month, which is Beanfields. Uh, trailing 12 months, Beanfields, unaudited, we're going through the audit process now, was uh, was about 11 and a half million US. So it was, a, it was it, and it's one of the most successful plant-based chips in the marketplace. They're in over 7,000 stores. They now are part of the Boosh family. They're a wholly owned subsidiary of Boosh plant-based brands, our parent company. So that's the direction of the company, continually growing Boosh, continually growing bean fields, trying to get into larger channels, larger channels, meaning the big box stores uh, and expanding and growing that way. So what are some of the benefits for a company like Boosh acquiring bean fields? Oh, tremendous. Uh, the benefits are tremendous. Uh, the key to us, number one key is growth, is revenue, scalability, right? Expandability. And so we want to get revenues large, very large over the next 24 to 36 months. We now have, besides Boosh, which was at a younger stage, but it is moving along and clipping along nicely. We now have this asset, this very valuable asset that is generating you know, nice revenues with the ability to continue and expand on those revenues. Now that's called organic growth, uh, organic being a creative growth, the company growing internally. However, I'm still looking at other acquisitions uh, for the potentially for the company as well. Bottom line, we want the company to get large. What is large? Minimum 50 million in revenue over the next three years.
So, you know, you're no stranger to growing companies and building businesses out. Is this a skill set that you've had, you know, basically since birth or is this something that developed <laughs> over time? It's called trial by error. It's called baptismal by fire. It's called taking a lot of arrows on your uh, as a target. Uh, it, it, you you got to be thick skinned to do, to, you know, to certainly to do what I do, because you're you're out there leading the pack and 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 trying to uh, serve a lot of different uh, entities and a lot of different uh, um, sectors, uh, not only in the, in the public arena, uh, but also internally. You know, you have to make sure we're all rowing in the same direction. It's critical that everyone has the same mindset. And getting back to acquisitions, another wonderful thing about Beanfields, and this ties into your question too, is and something I've learned along the way uh, through my mistakes and errors is you when you're doing acquisitions, they have to they have to have synergy. And I'm sure you know this. You see so many companies merge into each other. And because there's there's corporate tension, corporate frustration, uh, they, they just don't blend together. They're not cohesive. However, we're so fortunate with, with the Beanfields team and with the Boosh team, everybody has blended together just like a symphony. It's, it's worked incredibly well. So we're going still going through this transformative phase, but I could not be happier. Uh, but to answer your question, no, it's... it's uh, uh, you, you just have to, you have to learn from experience. You have to read, you have to watch other people. You always have to stay hum humble. You have to keep your e check your ego at the door and you have to go to work every day. You're going to have more bad days than good. I can tell you that straight up, but that's, that's in the long run. If you just get up one more time than falling, you're going to succeed. How do you define success as the CEO and chairman of Bush? Success is multiple. It's multiple levels. Number one, revenue, as we just discussed, having revenue. Number two, from my standpoint, I'm certainly just representing me personally. I like to be in a company that is doing good. I want to do good for society. Listen, uh, one thing we all have in common, we're all going to kick the bucket one day. And on that graveyard gravestone, you want to say something pleasant about you. Like I actually created something or I helped something or I did a little something good for the for the world. And I see the plant based sector being that something uh, it's it's I don't want, you know, righteous might sound too grandiose, but it, it's it's doing good for the world. And I think that's a critical component, at least for me to to be happy as as uh, and, and to reach successes as a CEO. So revenue, having a, a, a great a synergistic team every that the team works together and that we share experiences and maybe some of the team members can learn from me i'm always open uh, to to helping and discussing team and being an educational source and i think that's also critical when you're in senior management you know i leaned on a lot of people in senior management to learn as i grew so uh, i'm always happy to have my door it's always open for anyone to come in and i'm saying that uh, on, 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 on a uh, figurative sense because of COVID and everything we did no, no we don't have too many doors around everyone's on the phone and zooms but um so in short success revenues obviously revenues uh ebitda profits so get to revenues get to profits uh do something good and then try to educate others along the journey and i think that those four elements in my again humble opinion is the formula for a successful ceo so a little earlier, you mentioned having synergy, that companies need to have synergy. What is the importance of having a team and what key players do you look for when you're building a team? The importance of synergy or or, or having a team that works together. Look at look at the All-Stars in the summertime. We watch the All-Star games in basketball, right? right. You see these five guys, they're, 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 they're superstars on their team. But when you put them together, I, it doesn't blend. There's no synergy. 
right? It's 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 run and gun, and every so a, a team doesn't necessarily have to have a superstar. You have to have look at the Rolling Stones. You, each of those Rolling Stones went out and tried to do their own record. They failed miserably. A, as a unit together, they're they're bigger than the components. You know, it's almost like with any band, same thing, whether it's an athletic event or rock and roll or business synergy is, is the folks that work together, help each other grow together for the common good of the company. So that I, I think is, is a critical element in regards to the, the growth of the company. Awesome. Awesome. And so, you know, what are some of the major retailers, you know, you mentioned there were over 600 that people can go and pick up these Boosh products. Yeah, please. You can go, actually go right to our website uh, specifically for Boosh. It's it's throughout Canada, though we are expanding in the United States. So you can go to uh, www.boosh.foodsingular.com. There's a locator right there. You can be able to go pick up this, the items. Beanfields, similar, beanfields.com. We have a locator there. Beanfields, you can find it at almost all organic and natural natural food stores throughout North America. We are now wanting to expand into the larger big boxes um, and, and the big boxes tend for interviews and stuff not to want us to use their name, but just imagine the big box stores, right? The, the, the major players out there, um, they're the ones that we want to go after next because we haven't explored that those avenues yet. So we see huge upside. Um, but again, Beanfields is in 7,000 stores throughout North America, Boosh in 600 to 100 stores in Canada. In Canada, there's roughly 15,000 grocery stores. In the United States, there's roughly 57,000 grocery stores. So we have a huge runway, in my opinion, for us to go ahead and scale the company. That's incredible. And you just kind of mentioned this a little bit. You kind of touched on it, but I wanted to ask, what does the future of Boosh look like to you? Uh, phenomenal. Um, you know, as I say, everybody, we have to several steps in this very early embryonic stage of a company, you have to do several things correctly. You have to create the infrastructure. Without the infrastructure, forget about sales. You can have the best salespeople in the world, but if you don't have the hardcore infrastructure and you don't have the, the manufacturing capability and you don't have the relationships with the raw material folks and the seasoning folks and the packaging folks, and if all of this is not together, but you got these sales coming in, it's worthless. You just feel good for 15 minutes because you've got $2 million order. You can't fulfill it. So um, you, you have to constantly have that all that the, the the unity of all of these elements together in order to create that success and that's what i believe we have created via connie up in canada with this great infrastructure and operations with Boosh, which allow us, uh, allows us to take on this huge company, and in my opinion, you know, not huge compared to Apple, but huge in the in the plant-based sector, in the in the plant-based chip sector, to buy this uh, assets of this wonderful company, and then and then layer it on top of our existing operations for us to go ahead and scale. So that the our 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 components have have come together nicely. But that's you have to have that infrastructure first then you have the infrastructure, then you make sure you have a good product, and then you go after sales. That's what I believe the steps are, and I believe those are the steps that we have taken. Jim, thank you so much for your time today. I, I'm really uh, you know, excited to learn more about Boosh, and I'm definitely excited to actually try the product. Right on. <laughs> Thanks, Wesley. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, man. See ya.